I would like to invite you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. I'd like to apologize for not being able to come to the breakfast yesterday. Uh, my wife needed somebody home to babysit with her. She wasn't feeling well. And that's a lie. I'd like to think I was sick and not just copping out, but uh, I'm sorry I wasn't here. I, I, I enjoy fellowshipping with the men, and I like uh, the breakfast and just being around you men, but I'm sorry I was not feeling well yesterday, so I just copped out. The lights was out, and I didn't know you were supposed to wake up if it was dark, so I just kept right on chinning the sheets. Look in your Bible, please. I'd like to talk to you today about this subject. Now, you'll have to think a little bit because I, I had to think to, uh, to preach on this subject. Second things of first-rate importance. Many times, second place is only time, not importance. So there are some things in the Word of God that are second things that are of utmost importance. Someone has said, the most difficult instrument to play is second fiddle. The world has this philosophy. Second place isn't bad if you don't mind standing in line with losers. That's the world's philosophy. The world's philosophy is number one is number one for a reason. And all that matters is being first. But I want to take a look in the Word of God and see if God's Word sheds any light on sometimes it might be better to be second than the first. Because there are second things that is of utmost importance. Now that I have your attention, you can sleep after five minutes is up. Verse 1 sets the text, and we do not want to preach out of context because if you take a text and preach it out of context, you wind up with nothing except pretext. So we want to read it in its context. Verse 1, it says, For the law, having a shadow of good things to come. The law. The law. The law of Moses. The Levitical law. The Ten Commandments. The ceremonial law. The law. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never 
with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin hast thou had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of a book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. I don't know why a lot of folks in America today still trying to live under the first, the law. When he taketh away the law, that he may establish grace. Second things of first-rate importance. Now verse 10. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. You ought to like these next three words. Once for all. Now our Father today, we need your help. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. So, Lord, I pray as we try to explain in a simple way the importance the Bible places upon second things. And the many times it's mentioned throughout the Word of God. Lord, may it capture our attention. May it gather our thoughts. May it wrap up our soul in the blanket of love for you loved us so much that you took away the first that you may establish the second in Jesus name we pray and ask it amen society has and secularism has absolutely stole the show when it comes to humanity. Most of us, we are who are saved, no longer think in spiritual terms, but we think in secular terms. And the secular has never got it right, and winning is not always coming 
him first. The Bible talks about winning according to the rules. If you break the rules to get ahead, you didn't win. You just broke the rules. And in the end, you'll lose. Scripture abounds with truths teaching on second things. I'm sure you know that God used Abel and not Cain. He was a second son. I'm sure as you read through the book of Genesis, you are reminded that God used Jacob and not Esau, the second son. I'm sure you are aware that God gave the Ten Commandments twice. He used the second one. I'm sure you're familiar with the thought that uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness was the second tent not the first one. I know you realize that the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. He disobeyed the first time. I know you are aware that Jesus cleansed the temple not once, but twice, the second time. Have you ever thought about the importance of second things in our life. And the emphasis that God may put upon second things in the Word of God. For instance, may I remind you for just a moment that our message, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, abounds in second things. I know you're familiar that God's message is all about a man. But there were two men. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 47, if you'd like to look there. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 47. Our message is all about a man. Everything we preach, everything we believe, from cover to cover, Every page of the Word of God is absolutely pointing to, referring back to a man. But now the question is, which man? Notice, if you would please, in verse 47, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, the first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. The first man, verse 47, is of the earth, earthy, and the second man is of the, is the Lord from heaven. Verse 22 of the same chapter says, in Adam all die. Even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. Have you ever thought about this? There's two men. The emphasis throughout mankind has been on two men. We have deified the first man and foolishly rejected the word of the second man. 
Humanism has grabbed a hold of the first man and made him God. We are God. We give the orders. We are in charge. It's us that's important. And we have deified the wrong man. Man Jesus is the one from heaven, the one who is the living uh, uh, God from Almighty God. And I say to you today, there is a second man. I wonder today just who is God in our lives. We have much to say today about rights, do we not? You don't hear much about God's rights. But boy, you hear a lot about human rights. And you hear a lot about animal rights. And you hear about gay rights. And what about God's right? We have deified the wrong man. We have placed all of our emphasis on Adam, that which is earthy, that which is going to die, that which is temporary. And we place all the emphasis on the wrong man when the second man is the God from heaven. Have you ever thought about the seconds in the Bible? It was dark one night in Jerusalem. Word has spread about about a man doing miracles all over town. His name is Jesus. There's an educated doctor of the law, if you please, making his way through the dark streets of Jerusalem one night, trying to find in shame and disgrace, trying to find this miracle-working man from heaven. And Nicodemus found him. And he said, Rabbi, I know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the miracles thou doest except God be with him. And Jesus looked at Nicodemus, that religious Pharisee, and said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, Nicodemus, except a man be, you know what he said, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus didn't understand. He said, Lord... How can I, who am old, be born again, uh, enter the mother's womb and be born again? Jesus said, Marvel not, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus said, As many as receive him, give him the power to become what? The sons of God. Which were born not of the will of man, of the will of uh, the will of uh, the will of man, but born of God. Let me ask you something: How much emphasis have you placed on the second man giving you the second birth? Because if you have not been born again by the God from heaven, who came to give us life, you're still on your way to hell. Makes no difference how many membership rolls you got your name on. You better get to one in the book of life and get one out of a Baptist church and get your life fixed up with that second man and the second birth. Can anybody say amen? He take away the first. Work, work, work. Do, do, do. Good works, good work, good works. Got to keep the rules. Do this, do that. He took away that one so that he might establish the other one, and that's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. What? It's the gift of God. Can anybody say amen? Have you ever considered 
Why? He take away the first to establish the second. By the way, did you have any realize? Did you know there's a lot more seconds in the Word of God? For instance, could I please remind you and be very plain about it? Our personal relationships include seconds. When we get in trouble is when we don't realize there's somebody else has feelings like us. Isn't it amazing? We don't mind telling somebody else they're ugly. But when they say, you are too, it hurts your feelings. Isn't it amazing that we have a second man with a second birth and we keep living the same way we always have? Isn't it amazing we have a second life which ought to be a different life, but yet we don't consider that in our relationships, personal relationships with one another, family, friends, whoever it is, that seconds is very, very important to the Word of God. One day somebody came to Jesus and said, Master, which is the greatest of the commandments? You remember that yet? Which is the greatest commandments of the law? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy might. This is the first commandment. Anybody remember that? I said, you remember that? Now, if you do not love the Lord with all of your heart, every inkling of it, and with all your strength, that's every inkling of it, and all your mind, that's it. If you do not do that, you're a sinner and on your way to hell. You say, I'm pretty good. You ain't that good. You say, I'm not a Baptist. What does that mean? Your toenails are not chrome. What that means is, there's nobody in this place loves God with all their heart, all their soul, and all their mind, and that is the first and great commandment, and you broke it. And then he said something strange, too, about our relationships. The second is likened unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two, Hinge all the law and the prophets. Would that help your personal relationships if you believe God when he said you need to take a look at the second commandment? Everybody can love God. It's the guy next door we're having trouble with. You know the guy who walks his dog on your yard? I'm wondering why my neighbor... Don't want his dog on his yard until I start mowing my yard. Then I find out how difficult it is to love your neighbor. Come on, say amen. You know it's the truth, amen. And so not only is first important, but now if you're not going to get to heaven without the second man and you're not going to get to heaven without the second birth, bless your heart, you're not going to get along with anybody until you learn the second commandment, and that is love thy neighbor as thyself. 
second. He did away with the first that he may establish the second. Oh, I read one time. I wonder if God really meant this. It talked about not returning evil for evil. It, it talked about not retaliating. It said something about if somebody struck you on the cheek to turn to him the second cheek. Wow. We just read over that, didn't we? Uh, two verses down it says, If someone bid thee go a mile, go with him twain. That's the second mile. Let me ask you something. If when you got saved, you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, and old things were passed away, all things become new, then you tell me why that when he did away with the law... He taketh away the law and established love, and he took away fighting and established forgiveness, and he took away grudges and put in grace. Why it didn't take on some of us? Man, I have preached funerals louder than this. Are you afraid of the sunshine? You can't shout without you in a cloud. Is that what it is? Seconds. I just thought that was a pretty good title to the message, Second Things with First-Rate Importance. Look, if you do not recognize the second Adam for who he was, if you do not recognize the second man for what he did, if you do not recognize him for what he is doing, man, you need to get a hold of the second birth and let him make a new creature out of you. And if that makes a new creature out of you, it's going to change your attitude, it's going to change your aptitude, and it'll also change your altitude. That's what this is all about. Well, I need to close. You said this soon? Yeah. Ginger didn't cook breakfast. No, it's the people I work with. Our message is of no value. Now, we have no message. You take the second things out of it. You take the message and you remove Christ and you remove the second birth. We're lost. Helplessly and hopelessly lost. In a maze of humanity with all philosophies and ideas and situations. Thank God for the second man and the second birth. Oh, you say, preacher, I don't like you now. You should have seen me 49 years ago. You'd have loved me. Yes, you would. With long, curly hair with duck tails. Yeah. Skinny. 
pimple-faced, stand sideways, stick my tongue out, I look like a zipper. Oh, yes. But since Jesus came into my heart, there's been a change. The old account was settled long ago. Long ago, yes, long ago. The old account was settled. In Farmer's Branch, Texas, that night, when I slid off my couch and fell on my knees before a holy God and cried out for mercy and grace. Thank God I can tell you about the second man. Thank God I can tell you from personal experience about the second birth. You say you're brash now, but he's made a difference in my life. I hope by God's grace I put away fighting and kind of embrace forgiveness. That's what Jesus did. Thank God I hold grudges no more. But if I have received grace, what's wrong with living by grace? Thank God some folks have come to this church that has hurt my feelings and hurt my family and just said horrible, ugly things about me. And if I hadn't met the second man and accepted the second birth, I'd still be holding grudges instead of extending grace. Thank the Lord for seconds. I'll not, I'll not spend time, but God also gives us second chances to serve. Second chances to serve. John Mark left the Apostle Paul on the first missionary journey. It angered Paul. It hurt him. He refused to go, refused to take John Mark on the second journey. In Second Timothy, Paul is writing to young Timothy and says, Now, Timothy, bring John Mark because he's profitable to me. Second chance. You say, I blew it. Good. Now you know what not to do the next time. Get in line. Put the harness on. Lay your back to the the ministry and do it. For 12 years of my ministry, I went through my life thinking that I had blown every effort to serve God. I left the church and I always felt all those many years since I left that church God would never give me another chance. So I stayed in evangelism for 12 and a half years traveling all over this country realizing that it was the only thing I thought I could do. For twelve and a half years, I went through my life thinking I'd blown it. 
There'll never be another chance. Twelve and a half years. I'd settle for second-rate stuff, Lord, if I could just serve you. I blew it. I should have left. I shouldn't have run. I should have stayed. But twelve and a half years, I fought that demon. And my wife and Nancy Isbell began to pray that I'd start a church. I cursed the day they started praying. Twelve and a half years ago, or 29 years ago, I realized that God gives us a second chance to serve Him. And with that little crowd in my front yard on Wednesday night, (laughs) this all started again. God will give you a second chance to serve. Ain't God good? For you educated folk, isn't God great? Now I want to close. Say, why'd you tell that story? Because I can't let you out in 30 minutes. That would be a that would be a rank sin. It's not too late for you. God is a God of seconds. A second man, a second birth, a second chance. Hmm? God said, if you'll let me, I will take your fighting and establish forgiveness. That would help a lot of homes, wouldn't it? God said, if you'll allow me to, Yes, I will. I'll take the grudge and give you grace. But then I was studying a little bit farther, and I I stumbled up on that seconds has a great influence on our future. Boy, how we need the seconds now. We need to love instead of hate. We need love instead of law. need grace instead of grudges. Amen. need generosity instead of greed. Amen. That's what we need now. But the Bible talks about some second things that involves the future. As you leave the Gospels, you'll walk your way into the book of Acts. The book of Acts is just exactly what it is. It's the Acts of the Apostles. It says that Jesus was standing on the Mount of Olives one day teaching his disciples. And he told his disciples, I want you to go up to Jerusalem. I want you to tear up there and until you're being due with power from on high. And as the apostles and Jesus stood there, the Bible talks about a glory cloud. I've never seen one. I've seen watery clouds, but I've never seen a glory cloud. But a glory cloud made its way from heaven down to the Mount of Olives and stopped just a moment. And the second man, 
not the earthly man, the heavenly man, who came to die and bury and be raised again. Takes a step and steps upon the cloud. As the disciples stand there looking, they were kind of befuddled. We would not be. We would say, happens on TV all the time. But it blew these guys' minds as higher and higher and upward and upward as the second man, the man from heaven, is now returning back to heaven. And the men stand there gazing. A couple angels walk up and said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye there gazing? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you, shall come again in like manner. He's coming. Whether you like it or not, he's coming. Whether you believe it or not, he's coming. They didn't believe it the first time, and he came. They didn't believe the time, and he came right on time. And I'm here to tell you, one of these days, the God of heaven is going to stout, stand out on the ledge of nothing and cry, come up hither, and the clods and the clay is going to fly. And the, che and the tombstones and the graveyards is going to move around like checkers on a checkerboard. And all of God's people is going to be caught up together to meet him in the air. It's called the second Do you believe he's coming again? You sing about it. You think about it. What if he came today? He could. Second things of first place importance. The Bible says in a twinkling, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Didn't say blink, it said twinkle. Now, I know it's been a long time since some of you guys had a twinkle. How come the wives always looked at the men when I said that? My wife just bowed her head. She said, But in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump of God shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then it says, and the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and all the dead in Christ shall be raised. And we will be raised to meet him in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. A second man that taught us about a second birth who gave us a second chance and told us about his second coming. What a wonderful Savior is he. And then in closing, I read, And I saw a great white throne and his face who sat upon it 
from whom the heavens and the earth fled away. And there was found no place for them. And death and hell delivered the dead that were in it. The sea gave up the dead that were in it. And they were judged out of those things written in the books. And the book of life was opened. And they were judged out of those things that were written in the books. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Second death. The Bible talks about a second death. Oh, we can say amen to that second man, can we not? We can raise our hands and hallelujah praise for that second birth, can we not? We cry out with the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos about that second coming even so. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. But when we get to that second death, things get cold and grimy. We don't like to talk about it. Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. Oh, you say, preacher, you're losing it. It says, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and murders and whoremongers, sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. By definition, I close. Death, by definition, by definition, Death, by definition, means separation. What happens when we die is this separates from that. Your soul, your spirit, separates from your body. Your soul and spirit goes to be someplace throughout eternity. And your body is placed in the grave. separation. My mom and dad, I visited their funeral. I spoke at their funeral. I praised them at their funeral. And I walked by and I like to tell you the truth. My mom and dad didn't look good dead. They looked dead. Gone. Kaput. Out of here. Zapola. You know what's going to happen when you die? You're going to leave your body and you are going to live somewhere forever. And they're going to walk by and look at your body and they're going to say to your body what they'd like to say to you while you were here. 
under their breath. Your nose is crooked, your cross-eyed, and your breath stinks. Amen. But you're not there. Separated from your body, gone to be with the Lord. And the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. Lazarus died and was ushered off to paradise. Your choice. You're going to die once, but that second death, separation. Forever and ever and ever and ever separated from the God who created you, the God who loved you, and the God who gave his son for you. Never to see his face, never to hear his voice, but forever to hear the cries and the moans and the screams and torment of godless, Christ-rejecting humanity where the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. The second death is being eternally separated from God the Father. Body and soul. This is the second death. Wow. A lot of seconds in the book. Can anybody say A lot of seconds in the book. A king one time called his jester to his side. And as the jester made his way into the king, the king took a stick and handed it to his jester and said, Sir, I want you to keep this stick till you find someone dumber than yourself. The jester took the stick and left. For numbers of years, the jester could not find anyone dumber than he. It came upon the time that the king fell ill. And he grew worse and worse and worse and worse. The jester came to see the king and had the stick in his hand. And they began to converse. The king said, I notice you still have the stick. He said, yes, sir, I sure do. I've not been able to find anyone dumber than myself. The jester said, king, have you prepared to meet Jesus? Have you considered the gospel? And the king says, no. The jester handed him the stick and said, finally, I found somebody dumber than I. Because I frolic with the world and temporal things, but you, king, are playing with eternity. 
Here's your stick. I would say about the dumbest person in the world would be the one who tries to game the whole world and lose his own soul. You do not have to experience a second birth, second death. All you have to be done is, all you have to do is just be born again. Born once, die twice. Born twice, die 